Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. Happy New Year. I'm Pete Wright. That there is Howard Tybal. I can't believe it. It's January what? Oh, I don't even want to talk well, you're, about it. Are you still writing 2014? Yes. But then I was writing 2013 up until December of 2014. <laughs> very difficult. S- I do. I have a very difficult time with these kinds of transitions. Yeah, you, please don't share all your, your, your shortcomings. Like, all this is, my this is, is way too laundry. personal. Yeah. <laughs> How was your holiday? Oh, you feel, uh, do you feel refreshed? You don't sound great. Well, that's a nice thing to say to me. <laughs> well, you don't look great. I mean that as the best possible way. No, I, I'm. It was a great New Year's. It was a great. We were a family for over two weeks. We were together. It was fantastic. And you, Jew? Oh, we went to uh, Costa Rica. That's right. I heard yeah. that. That was good. Yeah, we we were in the Caribbean. It was uh, it was nice. It was warm. And now in New England, it's one degrees today. Oh, one degrees. It said to, that. Uh, it's it's really quite lovely here. It's Shut crystal up. clear, blue skies. Little what are we talking about today? You know, move I, on. Pete. I think we're talking about our holiday experience. If I'm, we're talking about 2015. Last year, uh, at this time, we did a little bit of an annual review, and we had this conversation about you know what what did what did we just overcome, and what what do we have to look out for? What are the trends that you're seeing? The work that you're doing with clients, and and uh, so we thought we would uh, you know this will be our second annual uh, year in review piece as we look at what's what is to come. What are you seeing in and what are we due for in 2015? I got four big things I think are coming. All right. You, 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 ready, you ready for them? I am deeply interested. All right. So here's the first one. Yes. You know, and, and I've been talking a lot about this, uh, this idea about the media having hijacked the conversation around some of these big issues. It reminds me a lot of the transition. I mean, it's not a fair comparison entirely, but... You know, when people started to get access to car information, right, all of a sudden we become educated consumers and we know so much more about what it is to purchase a car. But I got to tell you, when it comes to higher education, there is so much negative publicity out there and there's no question it's it's excessively expensive and it's locking people out and all that's true. But uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there, too. So I think that one of the things that institutions are trying to do, and it's increasingly difficult, especially with the mandate from the government around access, affordability, and student success, is to take back these conversations and to frame for parents and students and other stakeholders, this is what we're doing and why. And and it's an education process. So one of the things that has to change is and I'm seeing this already happening and as institutions begin to take responsibility for these external mandates, is rather than being frustrated or angry around the government trying to impose these, either at the federal or state level, saying, how are we going to measure and, and assess access ourselves? What should be our policies around access looking forward as the demographics are changing? What does it mean for us to have an affordability policy? You know, a policy that really does convey that we're doing what we can to keep costs down. And also, how do we think about student success in a way that's not just when we get them in the doors, but when they leave here, that they're actually going to be better off and that the return on investment is is obvious. Those three things, in one breath, I think the government's uh, introduction of these mandates 
is both pushing institutions to say, what do we want to do about this? And I think that, that we're, and we're involved with schools right now who are actually engaged in those conversations, looking at retention and saying, how are we going to increase our retention? What does it mean for us to engage adults and faculty with students more so that we can have a more effective retention policy? And I, and I think that in many ways, this year is going to be about schools developing policies that actually make an impact around those three areas versus just reacting to these external mandates coming from the government. And and the schools that do this, they're doing it for the right reasons. These are important things, access, affordability, and student success. And I think in some ways we've been on our heels and now it's about saying, all right, let's get the right people at the table and come up with policies that move this conversation forward. I, you know, I, I think that's a really um, interesting observation. And I, I think having institutions be able to say that they are taking ownership of this conversation, I mean, these, in fact, are the, the bodies that should be leading this conversation, right? The experts in actually delivering, providing higher education. You know, yeah. you get examples of, and, and we talked about this years ago, on the, I think, on the show. We, we mentioned this idea of the Pay It Forward program as kind of a pipe dream, as something, oh, no one's ever going to figure out how to do this, a Pay It Forward program where... You've got a great example of well, that. Well, we do. it Right here in Oregon, just just this year, the legislature passed unanimously a pay-it-forward program that they're going to be launching into uh, 2015. I think by 2016, they want to have something in, actually in place uh, where students would attend Oregon State programs, uh, both four-year undergraduate and community college, and they would pay nothing for tuition while they're in school. But after they graduate, they pay uh, a, per, a small percentage of their annual income to pay back the school over That's 24 right. years. It's a fascinating program, and now 10 other states are looking at programs just like this. This, you and yeah. I thought, was a pipe dream. No one ever would get their act together. And This and is a creative— one of those things. This is a creative— way of thinking about that conversation. And you're right. Uh, there was a period there where some many people said, there's no way we could ever do that. But this is an example of a school takes a risk like this and they try it and it gives permission to other schools then to say, and their leaders to say, you know what, maybe we should be looking at this. So that's yeah. the kind of ripple effect that happens when schools demonstrate that kind of leadership. The second thing that I think is big, uh, already started, but it's going to be continuing, is around academics and the increasing ease in terms of gathering data and measuring performance. But that is, in itself is insufficient. Uh, for uh, institution leaders to go back to faculty and say, we have ranked all of your academic programs and we can tell you which ones make money, which ones lose money. And therefore, the ones that lose money, we're going to figure out how we're going to sunset them. That's an insufficient conversation. The piece that is right in the frontier, right in front of us, is this idea of taking this data and then getting the faculty in a dialogue around this matching this against mission and saying our mission is to move in these five areas. This is what we've been doing. This this has been our longstanding mission. Here's some financial data. Let's now together figure out how we want to move this thing forward. And just because of the nature of shared governance, there is no way that an institution is going to be able to make big decisions around changes unless they engage the faculty in these conversations. And now we've got data that at least gives a piece of that puzzle. Uh, 
And more and more schools are gathering the state there internally or they're using outside resources to gather in very creative ways so they can really get a picture of what what schools or programs are subsidizing others so they can make decisions about how they want to move forward. This is this is an important thing to look at because that's where a lot of the financial and people resources live in the delivery of these academic programs. I, I could not agree more. And I think it's it, one of the, the bits of nuance that you bring up in this conversation is this idea of, you know, from an academic perspective, there is no greater sort of frustration than when you feel like data has driven a discussion about sunsetting your program. And what you're saying, saying, and I think what best practice supports is data does not drive data supports. It is just one, you know, financial... Uh, Viability is just one data point around a particular program in the overall um, cosmos of academic delivery. And I think more and more institutions are, are having that conversation more sof- in a more sophisticated fashion. Yeah. And they got to be willing to battle it out because yeah. one person's sense of mission is another person's view that that's not really the mission where we need to go. And in some ways, for some schools, they may need to step back and say, Listen, we've been saying our mission is to be this kind of school, and we've never never really had vocation as a part of our brand. We're going to bring vocation into this, so therefore we need to add this. But do we need to really have these other programs that it doesn't appear that people are coming here for? That's an important conversation to have on the table between leaders and both academic and administrative leaders, so they can make a joint recommendation of how to move forward. That's starting to happen, and it's the same thing. The more schools start doing this, the more other schools are going to see the ripple effect, and they're going to go, let's get on that. So so this is, this is coming, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that this year. Third thing is something that's been around forever, but it's, uh, it's really been in the background because only until probably after 2008 did this become really apparent. It's this idea of consolidation, mergers, and this idea of strategic alliances. You know, the the idea of sharing services within an institution has every, everybody loves that idea. Is that rather than well, rather than going outside of ourselves, we're going to find a way to do a better job of offering a higher level service and consolidate functions internally. Well, more and more. Schools are saying we've got we've got other institutions in our region that are doing the very same things that we're doing. We are not doing as well if it's a particular academic program as them, and they're doing great. But we're doing great here, and they're not doing so well. Can we find a way academically to to partner or have strategic alliances on that, or back office procurement functions? You know, be able to share systems so that each institution is not reinventing the wheel. This, this is an example of, of a, a, a non-low-hanging fruit kind of savings opportunity, which really demands, in this case, leadership. Because in the absence of leadership here, most institution leaders would look at this and boards would look at this and saying, you are diminishing our brand if we somehow get associated with this peer institution in our region who we are, we are competing with. But more and more, I think schools are saying, let's explore this. And the question is, the schools that are doing well, are they willing to, uh, in a sense, 
sacrifice a bit to help the schools in their area, uh, because that's the dilemma. The schools who are struggling a bit really would more welcome this from the stronger schools. But the question for the schools that are that are doing very well, are they willing to step back and say, we're, we're going to do the right thing and find a way to help our, our sister school in our area uh, through some hard times and, and find ways to get some benefit from that? That's an area that absolutely is growing. And again, I'm working with a couple of institutions right now that are looking very seriously at that. It is it is the big hammer. I mean, we just saw, uh, you know, uh, Georgia just this week announced that their programs are, uh, they've gone from 12 to 6 uh, state programs. The biggest now being, uh, as of two six, 2016, will be Georgia State, a combination of Georgia State University and Georgia Perimeter College, uh, making a very large institution. Um, this, uh, these, these mergers, consolidations, and, uh, uh, you know, shared services programs bring with them some some more sort of complicated uh, human issues, right? So oh, we yeah. have this, how, how do leaders stay in touch with their, um, you know, and, and get a better grasp of their institution's uh, collective uh, publics? And that really becomes kind of another big trend here, right? Well, and that leads actually perfectly to the fourth piece, which is positively engaging the workforce. This is something that I, I think I've got a good sense just from my own experience of what it's like. Just, just, And I, I have the benefit from stepping back, but I can sense the fatigue factor that's out there. And I even feel it myself, uh, seeing the same problems repeat themselves or, or having an issue not being resolved over a long period of time. And I can tell you that has an impact on the workforce. Uh, my, my hope versus an expectation is that in 2015, we're going to find some renewed energy to see these changes, not just as something negative, but people are going to begin to embrace change in a way that, and look for what's good in these organizations, what's good in these changes that is, um, you know, I've got this change workshop and it always seems it always comes up when we when we do this workshop and that people reflect this idea that when an anticipated change comes the first normal reaction is how is this going to be bad for me and i don't see change letting up i only see it increasing which is going to increase uncertainty and ambiguity and and as human beings we like to be comfortable so somehow Institutions have to continue to find ways to help their workforce sort of rejuvenate and see the positive in this, celebrate small successes. Because in the absence of this, you're not going to get the best from your people. And and I think that th this is the time to start really paying attention to that. And in the beginning of this year, looking forward, saying, all right, We've got a bunch of things we want to see change this year. How do we engage our workforce, bring them into the conversation so they can actually be part of the solution, not just sitting back waiting for some senior leaders to make a decision, and they're sitting on their hands anxious about the change. You know, we're doing a number of projects right now where we actually bring, we have a systematic way of bringing in the larger community to be part of this project. They're not the decision makers, but they're engaged in learning and they're engaged in making recommendations and looking at big ideas. And people want that. They're excited about that. Um, 
more schools have to do this versus the pure top-down approach. And I think we've we have said this before, but now is a great time to say it again. Say that it. Organizations are made of people, individual people. They're not made of departments. They're not made of teams. That's they're right. all made of people at their yeah. base atomic level. Individuals care about rejuvenation and change. And this January, I know we're right in the middle of our academic year from for so many of us, but but January is a time that people, individuals, are reflective about these kinds of things. They want to see change. They want to take a part, uh, take part in change. And there's some momentum around it. Now is a great time to take on some of these more difficult projects. Don't just wait till summer uh, when things quiet yeah. down just a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that we're all coming off of a nice break. And, you know, this is just the first, we're, we're just getting back. But if you can find it Find a way to step back before the students return uh, to say, all right, what are some ways we can engage our workforce? Uh, that will go a long way. I, I'm telling you, they're starving for it. They're starving for engagement and, and they're ready to help. You just got to be willing to ask. Well, are you anything you're particularly excited about this year? Yes, I am. <laughs> I, 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 yes. Um, I'm doing a number of really interesting things, both, I mean, the business, but also individually, you know, working on uh, uh, leading a governance workshop for the Association of Governing Boards. And we'll be talking more about this and we'll be having um, the president of AGB on the show at some point. Uh, but I'll tell you, governance is a really important conversation. It's the third leg in the triangle between academic leadership, administrative leadership and trustees. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about engaging them in this conversation and also the integration more and more of, of academics into this conversation. As you know, I have been very involved with administration for many, many years. And I think that it really, the, the tide is turning where leaders are really finding ways to engage academics. And I'm really excited about that collaborative conversation and seeing some successes and bringing them together to make decisions together. And it's right there. So that that's what, for me, is um, I'm most excited about for 2015. Well, that was certainly the thing I was most excited about about our 2014 was was I, I think we particularly toward the end of the year did a did a nice job of bringing in more of that academic voice. And I think, you know, yes. obviously from my own background, I'm, it, it, it does me no end of good to see more academics in part of that conversation. And I think by extension, as you say, representing that third leg of the triangle, I think um, I think 2015 well, is off to a, a, a good start. And I'm going to brainstorm with you just for a second here. I mean, just to even say this, because you just said, you know, I said the three legs. One thing we haven't done, and the fourth leg, which is the primary leg, is the student. The students, right? Yeah. We should have uh, some student representation on these to tell stories about their experience. Let's do it. Um, so, so that to me is is something that's often forgotten. These conversations we often focus on delivery, what we're doing, as opposed to what we're producing, mm -hmm. and the and the student is the one that can best reflect what we're producing. So, so let's let's make that happen. Let's absolutely make that. That's a great great addition. Awesome. All just right. came up with that right now. You, you know, it's just things. They just come to you. You just you're Stream always going, always going. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, right everybody. Now, right 
everybody for joining us, for downloading the show. Uh, if you want to learn more about us, what we have going on, and about Howard Teibel and what he does, where he's going to be this year, head over to TeibelInc.com, uh, and, uh, and you can download the podcast. You can subscribe for free in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Reach out to Howard or me on Twitter. Howard's at Howard Teibel, and I am at Pete Wright. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and join the conversation. Uh, I think that's all the news we have. I've got no final words of wisdom. Nothing. That's how you're going to start the new year. Yeah. (laughs) I think we're good. I think this has been a great start. I'm excited. I'm excited for the new year. And you look, you look marvelous. And you look marvelous. It's not how you feel, Howard. It's how you look. It's how you feel. It's how you look. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) 